We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the SoRare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire and sponsored by SoRare. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino at SoRare. Joined as always by Andy Black, who you can find as Black on SoRare. Andy, a little bit of a different background today. Yeah, good morning. I'm on uh, vacation right now. Um, I'm a little out of the loop as far as uh, current goings on go. Uh, I heard there was something about Austria today. There was, there was. <laughs> we. Uh, what's funny is that I wanted to, so we're talking about Challenger Europe today, or at least that's where we're starting. And I wanted to talk about this before. I think that there were enough rumors yesterday that Austria was going to be the league that they were um, that they were adding, yeah. even though the, the clue was about adding a club and then there was league behind it. So everybody figured it out pretty quickly. I already thought challenger Europe was too big. And now we've got more teams, including one that's like absurdly dominant. So that's the news. Uh, how are you, how well versed are you in the Austrian Bundesliga? Absolute expert. <laughs> no, um, I might know one team in that league. Red Bulls, um, I don't think I could name another team. Do you know which Red Bull? Um, it's uh, uh, is it Leipzig? F- Freiburg? Nope. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, Salzburg. Salzburg, there you go. Yeah. So, no, I didn't. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> great start. Yeah. So, I want to... Uh, shout out Quinny before we go on because I tweeted this as well. But Quinny did a Challenger Europe video about a month, uh, not even a month ago, a few weeks. Yeah. And I am going to steal some of his ideas from that video because I think he was right. I, I liked where he was going with some of the ideas. Sure. And so I want to give props to people. Uh, if you found this on, found my tweet about this video, then. Uh, there's a second one, a second tweet in that thread that is uh, links to the Quinny video. So definitely check that out. If you're listening to the audio version of this, then you're going to have to go on Twitter and find the link there. But definitely check that video out. Quinny stuff is always very good. So any any video he posts is good. But anyway, I believe by adding the uh, Austrian Bundesliga, there are now 859 teams in Challenger Europe. I might have counted a little high, but It's somewhere around that. And I think as somebody who didn't really play much Challenger Europe last season, like I didn't, 
most of the challenger cards I had were for either U23 or global all-star. Like I didn't go out of my way to like build a challenger team towards the end of the season. When prices were dropping, I was like, all right, I'll pick some guys up because I, I'll build a challenger team. I've had, we've had what, two weeks now since it reopened and we haven't even seen like a lot of the leagues start yet. And I feel like I'm already getting slaughtered and now we're adding more teams that it just feels very difficult to like compete at least in D4. I haven't even, I mean, I've thought about D3 and the prices are so high, but like you have obviously been around since like Jupiler was, was challenger Europe. Yeah. So like, how do you, do you find it just to be too, not too competitive, but like, is it too difficult to compete now? Uh, yeah. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a good setup the way it is. In fact, the very, very beginning, they didn't have, it wasn't challenger Europe. They had a Jupiler league. Like there, there was a separate all-star league and then a separate JPL league. Okay. And uh, I, that's kind of my opinion on the way things should get split off down the road is into their own divisions. But if you want to compete, I mean, just buy the best Salzburg players, right? That's what we think. I, the Salzburg ones are interesting because, and I think it applies to a lot, but mostly the Salzburg is that they're all so young that you could, if it's almost like you're accidentally making a U23 stack, if you have yeah. a Salzburg stack. So I, nobody's going to be cheap from Salzburg. Like, the Brendan Aronson prices today are absurd already. Yeah. I think. How much, how much is was, Brendan Aronson going for? Well, he sold for yesterday at point, just under point four. His one of a hundred today. Now, granted, it's one of a hundred. So like, I get it. Yeah. But the one of a hundred today went uh, for like point eight and change. Holy crap. So I, that's just like inflation of him being like the best American player, right? I mean, he, his scores are not going to be that. He's not crushing crushing that league, is he? He scored against Barcelona in a friendly yesterday. Nah. And I was reading how Salzburg's, Salzburg schedules friendlies, even though their league has started already. But like they can, they're good enough in the league that they can just do that. They can play Barcelona on a Wednesday and then go back to their schedule on a Saturday gotcha. or Sunday. But I think that's one of the pro the one of the problems with that league is that Salzburg are just so dominant that yes, you're going to want those players. Somebody brought up uh, somewhere, maybe it was in the Silver Discord, but basically, like the risk is that they all leave because like Salzburg sort of looks like a feeder club to Leipzig, but basically like nobody goes to Salzburg when you're young to stay there forever. I mean, it's, sure. it, it's a, you know, you don't have lesser... any Franz Van Aken's there. Right. Right. Although, I mean, they have some, but like, it's not, th those aren't the guys that are going to get you to the top. So um, let's see. Josh fourth said MLS Aronson went for 0.75 this morning. There was a time early in my so rare career that I thought $90 was too much for Brendan Aronson. Yeah. Whoops. Now you gotta pay like two grand. I missed that one. I was like 90 bucks and it went to 105 and I'm like, eh, it's going the right direction, but not for when I wanna buy it. And then yeah, goodbye. But I just think like somebody um, brought this up. Let's see, Philly Dilly triple zero. 
if rewards are dynamic, shouldn't it even out with more reward spots if the challenger leagues are so big? And it's like, yes, but do I want to put a lot of money in to just win a lot of tier threes, tier three Austrian Bundesliga cards? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It just feels very daunting for somebody that doesn't have like a huge challenger collection. And I actually, my challenger plan was to actually just play U23s in challenger. Like I wanted to just buy a bunch of U23 players because that U23 is where we want to focus. So I was like, if they, if I can also just drop them in, in challenger, then maybe, you know, I, I wouldn't use a U23 goalkeeper. So I have a goalkeeper, an old guy, but then if I just fill the spots with U23s, then at least I can like kind of mix and match each week. But it just feel, it already felt daunting. And now adding more teams, including some that are just have elite players, or at least they're an elite team. I don't know. I'm feeling pessimistic about it. Yeah, it's probably not the best cost effective plan either, because you're paying that U23 premium for players that you're not planning on using in U23. That could be the case as well. Yeah. Ah. I don't know. It's um, so part of Quinny's video was that he thought some of the top tier top leagues in challenger should be moved to champion Europe. So like the Eredivisie or Jupiler or um, uh, Primera Liga in Portugal, like move them to challenger Europe because they're moving the to champion Europe into champion Europe. Yes. Sorry. Which I like the the difference in the number of clubs offered in the two is just so dramatic that if if they wanted to level it out, I I get that. I think adding like the bottom of Belgium to champion Europe feels a little weird. So my idea was that the champions of all of the challenger Europe leagues get promoted to champion Europe each year. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like, so you, it would basically be like Bruges and Ajax and Salzburg and one of Sporting Porto or Benfica. Like they move to Champion Europe the the year the season after they win the title, and then the next year, if they don't win it, they get pushed back to Challenger, and whoever wins it goes back up. Is that too crazy? I think it's pretty crazy. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's any like bugs, like, I don't know. It just seems weird. Like you have your champion Europe playing team playing against the challenger Europe team every week. Um, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. It's not going to cause any issues. Uh, I don't know. It just seems complicated, complex. Like if they're trying to build a game for everyone, that might be a weird kind of a weird nuance that people won't get right away. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, I think the reason the reason I like the idea, and maybe it's actually not fair to the non-elite champion Europe teams, but just for how much better the top of the challenger leagues are, meaning like how much better Ajax are and Bruges and Salzburg, it almost levels challenger Europe out because uh, you – you don't have those teams, those cards dominating Challenger Europe. And they move into Champion Europe where we are already seeing, you know, Neymar and Lewandowski 
yeah. and Ronaldo like dominate those leagues. So why not have the top, you know, the top of the Ajax players actually compete with the yeah, guys that I guess, are on their list? I guess the other the other issue is then you're getting um you know not top five league teams competing um in champion Europe where you know when they bought it's such a big change when they bought those players or when they bought uh, players from those teams, they got them at a discounted rate that they weren't paying for champion Europe players. So they paid less for them. I mean, there's a premium on champion Europe players, but there's a champion. There's a premium because of the teams they're on, not because they're in champion Europe. Yes. And no, I mean, you can use those cards to win the best champion Europe players. Um. Yeah, they, they they probably also score better than a lot of other other teams. But I mean, you bring like Bruges in there, who's not playing well right now. But um, uh, you bring a team in that is playing well out of Challenger. I just think that they could come in and kind of break Champion Europe a little bit for you know for for a while while they're on a hot streak or something. I think it pissed a lot of people off. So it's better to break Challenger Europe than Champion Europe. Challenger's already broken. (laughs) I'm trying to fix it. Yeah. I don't know. Then you might break two divisions. It it just seems to me like it would be better for the Challenger competition if we didn't have these like overwhelmingly dominant teams that if you have them, you're set. Like the, the top of the top of challenger Europe just seems so much bigger, so much better than the middle. Whereas in champion Europe, it doesn't feel that way. And so if you move those teams to champion Europe, it's not like they're all of a sudden they're playing the champion Europe teams. Like those, the, the Bruges and sporting and Salzburg, like they're still just playing the, the losers that they usually play. Yeah. And so score wise, like I know that nobody wants to like go in and win a, you know, play champion Europe. And then you're like, Oh, you win a Bergheis or a Vanakin or, you know, like instead of Tony Cruz, but from like a gameplay standpoint, I just feel like it, that makes it more even at least. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the other end of it too. You know, the, the prize pools, those players would seep in and you might win somebody that you don't know. And I think that's kind of the appeal of champion Europe is, you're going to win players that typically you know. That you know. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on different challenger divisions, basically? Like, like challenger one and challenger two, or something. Yeah, because Quinny talked about that too. Yeah, um, I think it'd be hard to. I maybe it wouldn't be hard to rank them. Um, you You could just come up with whatever. I mean. Uh, I think that that could be difficult as, as ranking them into the two divisions. Would one supposedly be better than the other, or are you just dividing them? How would you divide them? I guess, is one better than the other? <laughs> I saw some people complaining that the Austrian Bundesliga is not currently in the FIFA top 20 league coefficient or whatever it is. Yeah, I believe and so that. so Rare's goal was to have the top 20. What do you think about that? I think people are just going to complain to complain. I mean, <laughs> what are they, 21st or 22nd? I mean, uh, 
I think I think people take things way too dang literally. Um, top twenty leagues, whatever. It's close. Get another league in there. I think I don't I don't see how you could ever really take that take them adding a league as a negative. As a negative, that's fair. Yeah, you're gonna feel differently than somebody with a Salzburg stack crushes your Bruges stack. I don't. I I, I, I Bruges is playing so bad. I don't care. <laughs> Two games into the season, man. Yeah, but they ended last season kind of, you know, struggling a little bit. Because they had already won the league. Well, no, I mean, they, they had almost they almost lost the league to Gank. But they didn't lose it. They didn't lose it. They they were they were close. I see the champion cards with, you know, with the thing in the background. They're yeah, there. They uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, somebody just pointed out that there's a U23 announcement that literally just went out that basically you can win U 23s wherever we play. Wow. This is the longest announcement I've ever seen in discord. Yeah. I'm not, I probably won't read it because <laughs> I really don't care. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just seems like the U 23s were broken and maybe they fixed it. Yeah. Cool. If anybody in chat has uh read it and can give us a TLDR. Yeah. Like preferably one sentence would <laughs> be great because there's like eight paragraphs here from Dan. Oh, Carl, excuse me, he did it. Uh, so, does this mean we just have to like stack and champ- challenger Europe and hope for the best? I think so. Um, I really, don't, I, I really don't know uh, what the best uh, strategy is going to be. I think, I, I think one thing that I kind of idea that I like is just break them into their own divisions per league. Um, I think there might be some, you know, issues with supply in that regard. Yeah. But that can be fun too. I mean, where, uh, you would definitely see prices of the players in low supply leagues kind of rubber band. Uh, like if you could buy the, uh, Austrian players right now, all their prices would be inflated Mm -hmm. because you, you'd be. If you complete a team, you are going to be one of the few people that have a chance at winning right off the bat. Um, so the, the funny thing about that is if you go out and you try to buy the five best Austrian players, yeah, you're entering contests to win the cards that you just bought. Yeah. Like those are the cards you want if, you're, if you go out and buy the best ones. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then resell those to other people or compete somewhere else with them. Right. Yeah, it. Um, I wonder if that's the like most reasonable. Just if they have all the all the team, like if they have a full league, yeah. like they have three or four Portuguese league teams. Four, uh, one, two, three, three. Unless I'm forgetting somebody, Sporting Benfica and um, Porto. Yeah, that seems right. But like you can't. That's obviously you can't do a full region like that. They, right. they were going to have a special weekly and couldn't do that because they're right. only like three goals. But you could do you could do a full Jupiler, full Irvadisi, yeah. full Austrian, and then give everybody else that is left over, put them into like a pot together. They could call it Challenger Europe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like Smorgasbord. No, Challenger Europe's fine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a little easier to say. Yeah. Are you you think you'll buy any of these Austrian players? Like you obviously know. have a collection enough, like big enough now that you were already competing in Challenger Europe. But like, do you find a need to like go out and buy some of these Austrian guys? 
I have not done any research yet. Um, I have two Brendan Aronsons. Of course you do. I'm rich. Um, yeah. <laughs> apparently now I'm rich. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm going to buy any or not. I, I need to look and see if there's like any, uh, I, I don't need them for challenger, but if there's like a really super good T, uh, uh, U23, like a midfielder or something that I could add, like Brendan Aronson. Um, I might add one on, but I don't know how, how well Brendan Aronson scores in the scoring matrix. He was fine when he was with Philly, but uh, at Salzburg, is he scoring better? I don't know. I'll have to look at the, once that data is in, I'll have to look at it. Yeah. The other big change, I guess, and obviously they had to do this, but by adding all Austrian Bundesliga teams, that is now a covered league because it was previously not a covered league. Right. So the, you know, we have more utility, I guess, but I don't know. It didn't, it's one of those things that reminds us like they could have had that all along. It's not like Opta just started covering the Austrian. Right. Bundesliga. So, but they would have had to pay for pay fees for that. And they probably had what a handful of players over there. They had Brendan Aronson and maybe a few other guys. I don't know. Yeah. It so, absolutely made no sense to do it. Right. So I get that. Um, the, I thought we've heard that there's two leagues coming on, and this is one of them. Yeah. What do you think the other one is? Well, they said the other one was a covered league, right? Like a league that they already have coverage for. Oh, did they? Oh, okay. I missed that. I think so. So my guess would be it's going to be like League One, where they just add the rest of the teams to that division. Because they have such a good relationship with all the French teams, is my understanding, or that French league. Um, they're in France. It it makes a lot of sense. Um, but also if it were like EPL or something, I don't know that I'd be that shocked either. Even though we heard like the one EPL team a year or whatever, like if they wanted to make a massive splash, that would be it. I don't think that's it. No, no. I mean, cool. it would be cool. I think they, I think if they announced that they're getting the entire Premier League, they'd have to announce the new scarcity that day. Yeah. Like, I think it's a big mistake to not do that. Um, I also think it's a mistake to start auctions on these Austrian leagues now. Like, they announced this morning, hey, we have Austrian Bundesliga cards. Auctions start now. And we're like, yeah, okay, let me. <laughs> it doesn't give anybody time to prepare. Like, I, I think there's like there's obviously sig significant edge for those who are able to quickly dive in and see who the players, who the good teams are, who the players are, and who you want to target. And I think there's the price discovery early on is going to make some of the prices look hilariously low uh, in yeah. the future. Probably not Aronson, but others. But sure. I don't know. It just feels like they're they're asking people to buy things right away that we don't really know yet. And obviously some people may know the league very well and they're taking advantage, but I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm at a significant disadvantage because I don't know the league at all other than Salzburg. And now yeah. it's like, here are all these cards. And it's like, this goalkeeper started two games. So go get them. And I'm like, okay. And then it's like, oh, he's not actually the starter. And then I find out next week after I spend, you know, half an ETH on a guy. So I don't know. It's that was one of the like the big things that always 
not bothered me, but I feel like even when they like onboard new teams, like they do this whole thing of like, they want the league, the, the teams that they bring on to, you know, announce, Hey, we're on so rare. You can go buy your digital cards. And by the time, like people who haven't joined and are now joining because of that team, like so, a bunch of the supply is already gone. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I, I feel the, like the new scarcity should come with a big announcement. Right. That makes sense. I think you made a really good point there um, that a lot of people don't um, maybe follow uh, kind of knowing what you don't know. And, and the fact like buying a keeper just because he started two games on, and it says on Sarah, Sarah data that he started two games. Like that doesn't, it doesn't mean he's a starter and having that like self-realization that, okay, this might not be, you know, I'm, I may not be an expert here. I should, maybe I shouldn't um, start going crazy buying these players uh, based on two data sets. Um, like, Hey, go out, do more research, find out more. Um, I think is really important in new leagues like this. And um, I probably will dip my feet into this league a little bit, but I'll probably have to do quite a bit of research before I make any purchases. I mean, unless I there's a player with a really cool name or something. There you go. <laughs> Always a good reason to buy a card. Uh-huh. I think one of the one of the hard things that they're doing is I'm trying to look it up here. So like the even if you go on the player card, like the player page on So Rare, they only show the two games from this season. So now it's like, all right, I'm on So Rare data anyway to do this stuff, but like yeah. there's just if you're looking at like game week scores, now you're dependent on, oh wait, no, a lot of these games were not covered anyway. And so now we're like, I don't know, just the, the, sam- the size of the stat base is just so small that, yeah, we're, they're just too many people are going in blind at this point that yeah. I don't think that's great. That's all. Ah, so, so that means RotoWire is going to add coverage of the Austrian league, right? Oh, the Austrian Bundesliga. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're there yet. <laughs> so what will we see first Austrian Bundesliga or Jupiler league Jupiter, uh, or neither. <laughs> yeah. There are fewer teams in Austria. So that, that helps in their, in their uh, respect, but I don't know. I don't know. So we've got the U 23 update. There are going to be more U 23 cards. They're going to do a new tier for the U 23 DNPs. So the, they don't uh, get tossed into D, uh, tier three, I guess. And uh, that's it. All right. Sounds great. Good work, team. <laughs> and then uh, Josh Forth says the Salzburg keeper situation is wild. 21 year old and 23 year old both played one league game and one friendly each. Yikes. Who wants to play U23 goalkeeper roulette with me? Just buy both. Oh, what could go wrong? Yeah, it's like buying both Merritt and Ospina. Can't go yeah. wrong. I got them both. Yeah. And then you could just always not play one, which is great. Uh-huh. Or play them both, because then you know that you have the starter that week. Right. Right. It's always nice to know that you have one deadline up every week. Yeah. I did that this week, though, because I didn't know if Ochoa or McMath was starting. So, I mean, I had a pretty good idea that McMath was starting. So I put I put him in my my stronger lineup and then Ochoa in, like, the more speculative lineup. 
but it was a kind of a situation where I didn't know, so I just played them both. That seems reasonable. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what what happens when you handcuff your goalkeepers. You kind of have have to have options like that. Hmm. I played my McMath. I don't have Ochoa though. Yeah, that's cool. He was awesome. Was he? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see the scores. They lost one nothing. One nil. And he scored, I think, 60. Really? 66. 66 and a half. Uh Uh-oh, goalkeeper uh, controversy coming up. Ochoa out. (laughs) Oh, man. So so he finished at 66 and a half, and Jonathan Bond, who opposed him, finished at 69 with the clean sheet. Wow. Yeah. What did he do? Just... Did everything. A lot of goalkeeper smothers. I'm still not sure what those are. Is that where he um, lays on the ground? I think it's, yeah, when you waste time, you lay on the ball and waste time, right? So we get positive points for that. <laughs> Unless they get guarded. Right. <laughs> right. Get up, get up. Smother, but then get up. Right. Uh, all right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So do you do you know what your challenger Europe league distribution is? Uh, I don't know what that question is. <laughs> so how many of your challenger Europe cards are from Belgium as opposed to Portugal or Russia or like do you think a lot of people who've played or played since it was only Jupiler are still heavily Jupiler? Depends on the person. Um, I'm still heavily Jupiler because it's kind of the easiest league for me to like know and re- research and um, I don't know. And also I owned a lot of cards from the beginning, right? but I've since bought some Portuguese cards, uh, Russian cards, but nothing crazy. So like the distribution is probably like 80% Jupiler, 70% Jupiler, something like that. It's a high number. That makes sense. And then, 
I'll probably add, like I said, if I add Salzburg players or Austrian players, it'll be for like U23 um, specifically is my thought. Because I feel like I'm kind of set for Challenger. Like I don't need to add on a ton, but I might add another, I don't know, super rare midfielder for U23 or something. I, you know, the other thing I don't know, um, and you might be able to answer this, is how many games do the Austrians play? How long does their league go? Um, because with only 12 teams, is that right? Yes. They but I think it's like 34 games. They have a weird um, – they have like a weird table set up where they like split it at some point. This is obviously me showing how much of an expert I am on the Austrian Bundesliga. Yeah. Excuse me, 32 games. 32. 32 games? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but and then they have like a playoff of the top six teams and the bottom six teams to finish out like the rest. So it's like it's 22 regular season games. And I think then they play 10 to like the top six get to compete for the title and the bottom six. That seems like a lot of games. 32 seems like a lot for that many teams. Yeah. Yeah. I think you play every team twice and then you go into this playoff where you play the bot, you know, the other five teams. So that's how you get to 10. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So theoretically, you could play one team four times. Okay. I wonder if you would want, if you'd want the best team in, like you'd want the seventh best team, stack them because at the end of the season, theoretically, they're playing like the teams that are fighting relegation as opposed to Salzburg, who's, well, they just kill everyone. But yeah. I don't know. I think preferably you want the Salzburg players, right? (laughs) Yeah. <clears throat> I think probably the best players, right? That is the way to go. <laughs> I Sora is not letting me <clears throat> see how many cards you have in a specific league, but you have 40 Jupiler league cards. Yeah. And 11 from Russia. Most of them don't start. How come? Um, I don't know. I bought a bunch of young CSKA players and uh I don't know. They don't. They don't start yet. <laughs> That's how it worked out. <laughs> yeah, That's fair. <clears throat> Do you think because Austria is new that everyone is going to be piling into that? Like one, once we've settled on like what we know, <clears throat> do you think everyone piles in to try to stack those teams thinking like, well, if everybody already has Dutch and Belgian cards, like I'll sneak up with a last to stack. Maybe. Um, I, I don't know enough about any of those teams to like say, like, is there another dominant team that you can no. buy that, you know, as long as they're not playing Salzburg, they're going to, they're going to crush. Not really. Not really. I don't know. Or even like an above average team that you could stack over there. That's, that's where I think the research will be fun because yeah, if you want the best stack, you just go by Salzburg. But there might be a above-average team that people don't recognize, realize, care about, whatever, and you go buy five starters from their team or, you know, the def- defensive stack from their team and maybe they're very clean sheet uh, yeah. or the high clean sheet percentage or whatever. There could be some really good finds out there. I think somebody said it's going to be like Minero where – they just kill everybody. <laughs> and so if you have stacks for them, that's good. Salzburg is obviously has midweek. I guess, 
I'm guessing somebody's in the Europa League. I haven't looked into it since it's been like an hour. Yeah. I'm just not sure I'm going to dive in that much. I'll let the prices settle and then figure out if I actually want to get in. Yeah, and then you'll win. You'll win one of those players, and then you're going to be like, oh, all I got to do is add another one or by the goalkeeper, and then I'm well on my way. Right. I got their best defender. Let me go buy the three U23, U23 goalkeepers that may start. Right. For 0.7 each. You know, that's the other big thing, too. Like, if they really wanted to sell a ton of cards, if they split this into, like, divisions, like, okay, now it's just the Austrian division, just the Jupiler division. How many people would have incomplete teams for those divisions? Well, theoretically, they could do that with, like, special weeklies, right? They could have an Austrian. Sure. League. Sure. But I think more so like if the, the new division structure structure was JPL, Irvidisi, mm. Austria, and then everything else, there'd be so many people with incomplete teams. They would sell a load of cards because people would be like, all right, I need one more JPL player. Right, right, right. Two more Irvidisis. I don't know. I could see them, you know, maybe going that route if they just wanted to sell a ton of cards. I don't think they're having trouble selling a ton of cards already. Yeah, you're probably right. On I that. mean, I, I get that like business is all about making more money, not yep. necessarily the same amount of money, but it doesn't feel like they're pressed for needing to sell more cards. I mean, they slowed down the, the auctions anyway. How, how low? Are, how, what are they down to now? Like three minutes? Uh, yeah, three minutes. Yeah. Which from what we've seen in the last few months, three minutes <laughs> feels like an eternity. But yeah, supposedly it helps the secondary market. Whether it does, I, I don't know. I haven't sold enough to figure it out. Yeah. Do you think more U23 prizes makes you play U23 any differently? Like that's already a priority league for you anyway, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, <clears throat> I've been kind of out of the loop just over the last week, just being out of town and everything. Uh, so I don't, I just know that I saw like a bunch of people complaining, getting the pitchforks over some stuff with U23. Like they were upset about the prize pools or something. Uh, I don't really know what the big deal was. Uh, I'll tell you what the big deal was. Yeah. Is that the supply of U23 cards was really low. So they weren't, so in U23 contests, they were not giving out enough U23 cards. But the reason that was the case is because they were taking U23 cards and putting them into the regional card, regional tournaments yeah. or global all-star. Sure. So it's like, why am I playing U23 to win an Mbappe? Or, you know, I guess Mbappe is the poorest example because he, uh, Jesper Carlson. If, the, if it's so hard to win a card there, but I can actually win one in all-star, why wouldn't I just play all-star? And I think the response should have been like, Go play All Star, but it's like that. You know, you're buying U23 cards to play U23 tournaments to win U23 cards, and that prize pool was just so limited because they took some out and put them into All Star and didn't tell anyone. I mean, yeah. they didn't announce it, right? They, I mean, obviously the prize pool is set every week; we could see it, but like there was no acknowledgement until today that yes, we did this when we changed the reward structure, and we should have said something, right? Which is nice they say that at least. Yeah, and I didn't read the announcement today, but I imagine it's along the lines of, yeah, we realized that we goofed and we need to um, 
pull pull those rewards back out of All Star and keep them in U23 to keep those prize pools decent? I don't know if they're pulling them out uh, or reducing them or whatever. Rebalancing is probably the word. Maybe. Uh, yeah, increasing it. I can't read through all of that. Oh, uh, I see the word balancing. <laughs> so they're going to try to balance out. them out. I don't know. I just, I, 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 if, I feel like if they recognize that the problem exists, they'll come up with a solution to, you know, get, get it fixed. I'm yeah. probably way too nonchalant about a lot of this stuff, but like, it, it just doesn't get my panties in a bunch. So what does then? <laughs> you can't go, you can't go a full week without being upset about something. I don't know. I, I probably could. So I had, I was going to enter, I'm totally changing topics here. Sure. I was going to enter D2 this week for the first time. And both of my super rare forwards are injured now. Like before I could even play them in D2. Yeah. Should I just sell everything? Yeah. Sell that whole gallery. Get rid of it. Perfect time to sell now. <laughs> um, so you had Tyler Pasher who scored a goal and then got hurt. Is that right? They went down to 10 men, he scored a goal, and then got hurt. And this is after last week when I had Christian DeJomi score twice and get hurt celebrating a penalty. Oh, boy. Want to know how many cards I won? I I won zero cards with both of those players. Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, sell the gallery, man. I'm going to sell it all for Brendan Aronson cards. I'll just buy back in for Austria. I'll become the Austria Bundesliga expert. Are you going to rename yourself to So, so Rare Austria? <laughs> I should do that. <laughs> nice. Um, are you going to buy more Super Rares to, to cover for them? The Yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so you are going to play D2 then? Uh, I mean, it's Thursday morning here, so I have 24, uh, 21 hours to get another one if I really want to enter D2 because I don't have a super rare goalie. But I, th- I've i had a lot of trouble buying super rare forward, like finding a super rare forward that I want to spend a lot of money on. And Pasher I actually got very cheaply because he was gone at Gold Cup, and I think people don't realize who he is. And I give full credit to uh, Skylar Redpath, who changes his name all the time. It's crypto crypto kicks on so rare, but he was on the Pasher train like very very early on, and realized he was taking set pieces for Houston. He was a forward. He's kind of he's like twenty seven now. Came from the USL, but he was like this guy's good. And I was like okay, and then I was able to get a super rare thanks to someone else actually, but. The the Dijomi one was like one of the more expensive cards I bought like since I joined So Rare and like it it wasn't even expensive for a super rare and so right. it's so I have like a like I don't have the budget to be like let me just go out and buy whatever super rare forward I want like and not and not even that like I'm obviously not gonna go get the Velo one but like I'm not getting I can't yeah. think of. 
forward, of the road guy now. Forward is a black black hole for the MLS. Like, I feel like you're either paying elite prices or you're paying like like bottom barrel type prices. There's not a lot of like middle middle of the road guys. Uh, and and then the other weird thing is is a lot of the forwards are actually classified as midfielders, and then you have midfielders that are classified as forwards. So that that problem definitely exists, uh, and I actually somebody was talk, asking me for us to to talk about that, like guys who are mis not miscategorized, but if they have like two cards, which ones we'd want? Yeah, and I think we talked about this a few weeks ago about uh, Columbus because I was like considering buying doing a Columbus crew stack because I've had Zalarian for a while. I won Mensa. And it was like, oh, I don't want to buy Zardis. Like, right. I, I didn't want it. And then the new Kevin Molino cards came out, and he was a forward. And it was like, oh, I would buy that card. And, you know, uh, Sean and I talked about this yesterday with the Nani card. You know, the current one is a midfielder, but his forward card is significantly more valuable. Right. And so, but, like, that's an example. Like, I'm not going to – I can't go out and buy a Nani super rare. Right. And so – those two guys were like key to that plan. And it's, it's, it's crashing down, Andy. <laughs> I will say, uh, there have been, <laughs> been, there are two people in the so rare, uh, excuse me, in the Rotowire uh, discord who as of now have very, very fun placements in division champion America division two. One of which was full fledged, like budget D two team. And yep. It gives me, I want to say hope, but I'm actually just jealous uh, because this lineup, like it, it just reminds you what- Can I see it? Yeah, I'm trying to see, uh, I think it was Champion America D2. It's, uh, yeah, Kaiser Soze, which is a great name I love already, but it's an Eloy Room Rare. Okay. Tyler Washington, Sasha Kledgedon, Brian Anunga, and Ola Kamara super rares. Wow. He's currently seventh in Champion America D2. Kamara had a brace. He captained him. It was a perfect right captain as well. I guess Kledgedon had 94 points last night. Oh, Champion America's done, right? Champion America. Uh, Unless there's like an Argentinian or there's Monero always or something. There's always something in uh, – I just clicked out of it, but it's close if it's not over. Champion America D2, there's one card left. Oh. That's a silly. Let's see. I bet it's somebody not even playing. It's got to be a Quartero. Quartero. It is. Daniel Cervantes. This guy's. I think he's hurt. ah, Even better, at least for Kaiser Soze. Yeah. So he hasn't been playing something's because I, I have one of his cards and uh, I was I, I wanted to use him this week and he had like two back to back DNPs I think oh. and I couldn't I couldn't find out is it, Daniel Cervantes is kind of a I don't know like a common common name so it was hard to find hard oh, to just searching for it yeah <laughs> yeah it's like just a guy's name yeah I don't know but so I pretty much felt like I found like the two forwards that I could get away with and. They're literally hurt at the same time. 
Like I wasn't, I wasn't going to use either of them in D three unless like the lineup made sense, but I was like, I at least have cover and both of them got hurt. Yeah. That's crazy. I guess you're either buying panic replacements or you're playing D three this week. Mm-hmm. I could do both. Yeah. <laughs> I could buy panic buy. And so like, that's the worst is like, I like the to panic. Part, I like to sell to panic buyers. I don't want to be the panic buyer. Exactly. Um, and the hard part with that is, I imagine that the market is going to be pretty saturated with uh, these Austrian cards. I'll bet it's going to be hard to find a like. You'd have to probably go in the second secondary market to get a MLS um, super. Yep. So you got to deal with people. Yep. And we kind of know how that goes, right? Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's great. But now I'm like, boy, what's Josie up to these days? And I'm like, I can't do that. I just can't yeah. do it. I still just rue the day I didn't get that Mason toy. Uh, well, I just found a one of 10 that I need to buy. It's a super rare of an Austrian player. His name is Stefan Nutz. <laughs> With a Z or? A- yeah, N-U-T-Z. Great name. Um. I was just seeing if there were any MLS super rares even on auction. It looks like it's just all Austrians. And by the way, these guys have some pretty cool kits. Yeah, they do. Um, they have a little bit of a Liga MX vibe to them. Yeah, a little bit, like lots of advertisements and stuff. Does that make you buy it, like pay up for? I don't know. Some of them are cool looking. Yeah, I don't know who any of the teams are though. Like I look at the jersey and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Who that yeah, it really is. doesn't help. Yeah. No, but it's like the the kit's cool. Yeah. These purple ones are cool. I was gonna say, yeah. Uh, let me see what team this is. Congrats to uh, T12 for getting this Alex Anderson super rare. SK Austria Klagenfurt. Klagenfurt, of course. Sure. It's a mouthful. Yeah, but yeah. So I don't know, like. So, so to, to round this conversation back to back to what we were talking about, um, is Challenger Europe too big? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think the Sogar team likely realizes that, and they are probably internal internally having discussions on how the heck do we balance this? How do we make it? Um, I think I think one of the key components is how do how do we make it simple enough for like anybody to understand what what the heck is going on, like even right now, Challenger Europe. If people see that you're new to the game, what does that mean to you when you see Challenger Europe? Nothing. You see Champion Europe and you figure, okay, this is probably the best, you know, champion. And then you see Challenger and you're like, what is that? Everyone else. Yeah, I, I think that that gets a little confusing, and then you have to figure out. Okay, now I need to research what teams are in each of those divisions. So, okay, Challenger is, and then you're looking at all the regions that fall into that. So, just for a new player to come in and really have a good understanding of what's going on, they got to do a lot of research. I don't know what the easy solution is to breaking it up, other than single league regions, and I. I still don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I don't know what that would do to like reward pools. Um, I, obviously they would shrink because there'd be less of a supply to reward. So you'd be looking at rewarding a lot less people in each of those divisions. Right. And then hmm. you'd have people trying to play in every single one of them. So you might have a lot of entries with very low amount of rewards to be given out, which would be problematic. I mean, it's all based on the supply within the region though, right? Like they can't. Yeah. I'm not saying they're that only, they should. I'm just, I'm just saying like there are only so many starting goalies in Belgium. So like you can't have enough teams unless people just play with no goalies. Yeah. I don't know. Belgium would be interesting because there's a lot of, there's three years worth of cards. So you'd probably get That's a true. lot of entries. You'd get a lot of entries and um, the prizes would be limited in comparison. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And then I guess Austria would be an interesting case too, with them only having 12 teams, you know, that's a lower number of cards that they can reward. Right. So <clears throat> I think that there's certainly problems that would have to be looked at solved in that regard. Cause I, I mean, I think that you look at any of the big players and so are, they want to play as many divisions as they possibly can. Yeah. I mean, you talk to guys like Sean, he's going to play D2 to D4 in every region if he possibly can, um, and D1 in some of them. So uh, I think that there's a lot of players like that. And I'm, I would be close to doing that. I would probably play at least D4, D3 in every region that I could, although I don't own a single Irovidisi super rare. Um, I don't – think i own a portuguese super so i would have i would have to purchase some cards to get there but i could certainly uh buy a few cards and play division four for yeah. all of those regions and that would be more realistic for me at least as I, would I would definitely do d4 everywhere yeah after that it's funny you bring that up about competing in every region because it reminded me when early on when i started not when i started but like when we saw some of the DFS people coming in the two, like I got questions on like the total opposite ends of the spectrum of like, how much does it cost? The, the question was the same. Like how much does it cost to play so rare? But the question, it was two questions in that one was like, how cheap can I do it? And like get a global all-star team D four team. And the other one was like, how much does it cost to enter everywhere? Yeah. And obviously those are very, very different answers. Yes. And, and what is everywhere? Is that D one everywhere? It, yeah, I think it, the answer is yes. The the question yeah. was how much does it cost to play everywhere, and that included D one. And then when you show them that almost like cost, like cost you if if you are somebody who's going to say I'm going to spend whatever money it takes to play every region D uh, four, three, and two. Yeah. The the cost to get into Division one is obviously much higher, but it's almost not the cost that keeps people out. It's the scarcity in terms of like, you just can't get those cards because yeah. a lot of people, or excuse me, small-ish number of people own a ton of the uniques. And 
it's in their best interest to not get rid of them because you don't want to compete against more people. You want to compete against fewer people. Yeah. I think we're kind of at a point though now where uh, there is enough people playing the D1s where you really can't just hold a couple cards to keep people out. Like early on maybe, but I think now there's just too many people competing at the, for those cards at auction and, and buying them up where uh, I think that those guys are having to, to compete a lot harder than they ever have. How many people do you think that is? For a specific region? I mean, you look at Champion America, there's a lot of people playing D1 there. What are you considering a lot? Well, I don't know, 20 people. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's like look at D1 this week and see how many people were entered Champion America. There are 28 in All-Star D1. And I'll be honest, I don't know, like, who – like, I don't know if the people that play regional D1s prioritize All-Star or the opposite. Like, those are the leftovers. Like, Pavel has a, a team in – all-star D1, but it has zero players playing this week. So like, obviously they're not playing it like competitively, yeah. but I'll have to, I can look, I probably won't look into it, but like you could figure out how many you in unique, so rare managers are playing D1. Yeah. And you, it's probably better to just wait for champion Europe to open up because I think a lot of the people who play it play those too. Yeah, like there are people sure. who play, you know, Champion Europe D1. They're not going to play Champion America D1. That's all. Yeah. I had something else, and now it completely lost my uh, train of thought. got a question. I got Herb Kofi for around 0.3 uh, a while ago, and his latest sale was 0.6. Would now be a good time to sell him and reinvest that F into multiple cards? Um, I don't know. Uh, Kofi's situation. I think that he was a starting U23 goalkeeper in Belgium. Um, I don't even know what team he plays on. He's not U23 anymore. He's not he's U23. With, uh, Charleroi uh, this year. Um, I assume he's the starter then. Yeah. 0.6 seems awfully high for just a starting above 23 year old goalkeeper. Sure does. Um, wow. If you can get 0.6 for him, I would do that in a heartbeat. Two days ago, it was 0. 0.43. Okay. Three yeah, I would say 0. 0.43, 0. 0.45 is probably more realistic. Um, 0. 0.6, I don't know. I'd have to look at that private offer to see if there was like maybe other cards included or, or what. I mean, you can't even get Brendan Aronson for that. <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> I don't know what... I don't know what the thought is on Kofi, if he's like a super hot prospect or if people think he's going to do well this year, but I don't, I don't think Charleroi has like, I don't think that they're supposed to be a top, top of table team this year. I think that they're more mid table. I don't think that they're going to dominate. So um, if you, if you have the need for 0.6 ETH or 0.5 ETH um, and you think that you can get it out of that card and you can, buy things that make more sense for you, then I would do it. I would sell it. The way I look at it is goalkeeper doesn't matter. Yeah. And if you could, you know, sell high on a goalie 
and just replace it with somebody cheaper that your actual SO5 results are probably not all that different. Yeah, I agree 100%. And um, the only the only thing that I'll say matters at all is if you're going to do any type of correlation. If you're not planning on doing any correlation with with the goalkeeper, then they truly don't matter and just get any replacement that plays every week. Uh, yeah. That's good advice. But if, of- if you are going to correlate, then get the goalkeeper that correlates with your defenders or get the defenders right. that correlate with the goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Speaking of goalkeepers, do you ever uh, snap by random starting random guys who get starts? Did you happen to see what happened with Portland last night? Um, I did. I was watching that game. Oh. Um, and I had uh, – I own the the same backup that you own, Aljez Al or uh, how do you Ivicic. pronounce? It? Yeah, there you go, Ivicic. Uh, I, I don't snap by them really. Um, like if I'm watching the game and I see somebody gets hurt, I might go check prices real quick. But usually somebody else beats me to it. Like uh, the good example last night was uh, Chicago. Um, Shuttlesworth was out, and they started like a twelve year old. Yeah, no, him, but also didn't DC's uh, keeper Hamid get got hurt? Yep. Hamid got hurt, and a bunch of people snap bought uh, Kempen. Yeah. So I don't do it because I'm not, I'm typically not fast enough. There's always yeah. people out there that are already logged in and they're snapping up these guys. Uh, yeah. I, if I were faster, I'd do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so th- that's reasonable. So I actually have owned Kempen. Before this, in this season, uh, oh. so Hamid missed the beginning of the season, and he—I want to say Hamid had a sports hernia, which is really bad because he was out for a long time, and that's what Carlos Heel supposedly has, and I can't have him out for a long time. Yeah, but so Chris Seitz started the first four games, and I remember seeing the lineup come out when Kempin took over for Seitz, and I like snap bought Kempen, but like Hamid was coming back. There was like, it was soon. So I sold, I basically like flipped Kempen into Stefan Cleveland who I've used like all season. So like the, the, the snap buying of goalies, there's like that two, you know, you're either, you either get a really cheap starter for a while, which is what yep. I had with Cleveland, or you're just flip it quickly like Kempen. So this guy, Gabriel Slonina, he's the um, Chicago one. Yeah. Guess who Snap bought one and then sold it in the same day? Not the same day, same like hour. No idea. Sean Newsham. Oh, that sounds so, like something you do. But like that, that's his team. Like he need, he, he, got, <laughs> he got the backup for his keeper for his Chicago fire stack and then sold it like minutes later. Yeah. It just seemed very unshawn like to buy something. Let's see at 0.125 and he sold it at 0.2 minutes later. I'm just really upset that I never like speculatively just bought one of this guy's cards. I mean, 16 years old and he's starting games. Good Lord. And then all of his cards went for like 0.06, 0.07, 0.05, 0.04. Man. Yeah. Point two. He went, somebody bought it 0.295 yesterday. 
Jeez. That is, that's a lot. And that, and we have no idea if Shuttlesworth is going to be back this weekend or never. Like, we just know he's out with a knee injury. Wasn't there another goalkeeper in that mix, too? Last night? No, 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 no. Like, in the whole grand oh, scheme of things. Yeah, there you go. He's, he's like 35 he's or something. More than twice the age of Slonina. Yeah. So. <laughs> and is he healthy? No. No, okay. He's been, like, supposedly coming back every week for the last three months. So there's probably a good chance we see Chicago Fire sign a goalkeeper. They shut out New York City FC yesterday with a 12-year-old, so who knows? He's 17. <laughs> I, I feel bad, but, like, yeah. literally, I'm also more than twice his age, so I everybody just seems very young to me. I snap on Zach McMath. Yeah. It felt I dumb. I already owned him because- I already owned him because I uh, uh, handcuffed my goalkeepers. Do you have Putna too? I don't. Oh. <laughs> I, the, I buy the real handcuffs. Oh, okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, I almost got into the conversation in the, in the I think it was the MLS channel last night. And everyone's like, this is why you buy your backup. And I'm like, or this is why you buy somebody else's backup because now you have two starters. And then I just left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Most of the most of the handcuffs I I bought um I bought out of like necessity because like goalkeeper was leaving for gold cup or it wasn't like a spot injury or anything like that. Like right. I own Hassel because I own uh Crep Crepu. I own uh uh Barraza because I own Johnson and they both were gold cup guys. Uh the Achoa one was just Speculative, speculatively bought McMath, which I think at the time he was dirt cheap, like, like I don't know, really super cheap. Because I think I think he was considered third string at the beginning of the year. McMath he was, yeah, absolutely. I bought a Hunter Salty card this morning. Oh yeah. Hmm. Now I'm I'm now I'm handcuffing my backup goalkeepers. <laughs> But he's 18. So I was like, okay, I can justify this. Yeah. But so anyway, Challenger Europe's too big. The answer is yes. For sure. Yeah. You got Um, anything else? No. Anybody in chat have any interesting uh, thoughts on uh, Challenger Europe and uh, I don't know, solutions there? I saw Quinny in chat. Hey, Quinny. Hey, Bob. I don't know some of you guys. XMK, Frostbite, what's up? Bob Flynn, no, we don't know anything about Shuttlesworth yet. My guess is one we never will. They said it was a knee injury. That's all they said. I mean, that literally could be anything. It could be out for the next 18 months or like... Well, we- they had okay. Eddie Segura was like, oh, he's questionable with a knee injury. And then they're like, oh, by the way... He has a torn ACL. Now he's out after like two weeks of being questionable. Yeah. No, Quinny, like uh, thoughts on uh, how to fix Challenger. I think I think we already kind of know your perspective because you did a video on it. We just stole your ideas, took them for ourselves, or <laughs> I, I stole them. Uh, make it six divisions, John said. Yeah, but what six divisions? It seems like too many. 
I still think that just Bruges should be with Barcelona or PSG. <laughs> yes, champions of Challenger, Challenger League. League. The better Challenger Leagues than another league. So how about we have Champion Europe, Champion Challenger Europe, and Challenger Europe? Oh, God. That won't be confusing at all. I just, do you cherry pick the teams out? So that's I think that's kind of the interesting thing is like if they break it up, can you break up leagues? So yeah. where like we take half of Jupiter and put it somewhere else. Like you can't really do that, can you? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think there's a way to do that easily. Like simply where somebody can look at it and be like, oh, okay. Right. Like you don't want I mean, people to build challenger teams and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you actually only have half enough half of a team here and half of a team here. Um, I think it could be Quinny. I think it could be, um, they said it was a covered league. Could be, I don't know. There really could be another challenger. Like add it, like finish Europe, Russia or finish Portugal. And now challenger Europe gets even bigger. Or it could be Ireland or Scotland. I mean, my apologies. <laughs> um, they don't have, we don't have a licensed team there. We just have the covered. Is, did they say it's a licensed uh, yeah, they said uh, it was like opta uh, opta licensed. Was oh, my understanding opta licensed, not so rare licensed. Maybe that's my misunderstanding. I don't know, but I thought that's why people were kind of speculating Scotland is because we had um, we have coverage for coverage it. there, but no teams there. Right, right, right. Okay. I don't know. That that would be interesting. I know that there's a lot of. Uh, 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 Scottish soccer fans that would love it. Um, I think that like adding the rest of Portugal, I don't, I don't think that they get a ton of, I don't think that there's a ton of Portuguese people playing so rare. I could be yeah. wrong. I don't know that that would really move the needle a bunch, but maybe there's opportunity there. And if they added a league like that, maybe it would bring a lot of people over. I don't know. I was going to say, given the, it seems that there's a pretty big Italian population of SoRare users finishing Serie A, but it also feels like the teams that they've added, like they have the good ones basically yeah. already. Yeah. Now, if they if they added the rest of that one, it would just be like, eh, to me. Right. It's trying to think if there's any teams that. Atalanta is the only one that I would want to yeah. buy in on now. Zapata is leaving for Inter, so it's like. Yeah, that's fair. Let's see, Scotland, oh. Colombia, China, English Championship are SO5 covered and have no so rare for printed uh, at the moment. Yeah. Eh. Those don't move it for me. I imagine English Championship may run into similar Premier Oh, maybe not, actually. It's probably just a Premier League problem. I, I could see them doing the whole Chinese Super League. Great. And it would, be, it would be very disappointing to me because I don't like to compete in those divisions at all. Um, just due to my lack of wanting to do research on more Lees and Kims. Um, it's just so hard to find the right information. And yeah. um, I don't know. There's I just no choose not to. And I also can't watch the game so because they come on at like 3 a.m. So I think that that's the big reason. We still need that Rosetta Stone sponsorship. Yeah. 
Yeah, the English championship would be absurd for a number of reasons, not least of which is that there are 150 teams there and they play a thousand games a season. Yeah. Midweeks, international breaks, they just they keep on trucking. It is kind of interesting, though, like being able to get, I don't know, it just seems like adding a second division, a second division team wouldn't be a priority. But that is an easy way to get some Premier League players for the following year, at least. Right. Yeah, kind of a cheap, cheap way to get them in there. It's almost like the international teams. Right. I wonder if they're done adding international teams? Uh, I would say for the time being, yes. It'd be kind of odd for them to add one right now when the international break is over. That's what I was – well, that's true. Well, I mean, there's another one. There'll be another one next month, September, October, whatever it was. For World Cup qualifiers or something? Yeah. Okay. Like, I actually wonder if they're going to release – like, I, I assume that they would – but like any time that there's an international break, do they just switch the cards? Like we're going to have 2021 like Belgium cards at some point, aren't we? Oh, yeah, they, of course. Yeah, yeah, if they extended the license or got the license for multiple years or whatever, I maybe. You're right. I, that's speculate. But that feels like what was the controversy the other day? Oh, that um, suspended jupiler game where they're like surely they'll just score it in the next round and it's like what yeah (laughs) enough people are going to think one way and just think that's the way it goes but yeah yeah. that was a tough one what are you gonna do though right i didn't have anyone so i was perfectly fine with it yeah throw all the scores out oh well uh all right i think we've gone long enough we've speculated enough and i still have Lots of Austrian Bundesliga research to do. Yeah. I would be shocked if I bought any of these cards. These uniforms are pretty sweet, though. We'll, we'll be on stream next week, and you'll have uh, a bunch of uh, Austrians in your in your gallery. I guess. Um, Frostbite throwing in a question at the end about a Bobase going to uh, San Jose. I think that's a great move for him. He's going to play the nine now where he wants to play. Yep. I think he's good. I mean, he's ahead of Wando, certainly. <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope so, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we, uh, like Andy said, we'll be back next week uh, sometime. I'm on vacation. I'll, I'll have a ceiling fan behind me and uh, the beach behind me next week. So <laughs> that'll be a, a little bit of a change. But, yeah, we'll be back. Uh, once again, this is the So Rare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire and sponsored by So Rare. If you guys have any Topics you want us to discuss, uh, definitely reach out to us. You can find me on Twitter at Rotowire Andrew. Andy is at ablack86. You can find us in the SoRare Discords as well. I'm under Lairdino there. He is at Black. So check us out. Andy, thank you for that. And I'll talk to you next week. Yep. See you. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.